Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. We know that we have taken some time off uh, last week, and we're back with now episode number six. And uh, we are actually recording this at a different location. Where is it that we find ourselves at today, Jordan? We find ourselves today at what I find to be the best coffee shop in this area. That's it's called it. That's Nickel saying a lot. and Bean. Yeah. I spend a lot of my time here. Um, so if you find yourself out and about in need of a good cup, they have great coffee, great lattes, great teas, and some real good pastries that we have already enjoyed some of their black coffee this morning. It's good stuff. Blessed to be able to use this space and appreciate them uh, offering it to us and allowing us to use it. Uh, so this week, uh, we're going to be going in a... Continuing to follow the sermon series, but soon we'll be breaking off of that most likely. Uh, so this week we obviously focused on the resurrection of Jesus and uh, kind of talking about uh, the power that comes from that resurrection of hope of new life. And so Jordan, as we were talking and getting ready for this podcast this morning, there's a couple of scriptures that came to your mind, and I'll share some of mine as well a little later on. Uh, but just kick us off with uh, where you think we should start with this conversation uh, scripture-wise. Yeah, we've been in a series of 40 days of preparation that was leading up to Easter, leading up to the resurrection, just uh, preparing our hearts uh, to celebrate and magnify Jesus in his resurrection and what that means for us and for our lives and for our salvation. I think a great place to start our conversation this morning is actually in Romans 8, starting in verse 9. You, are, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So especially focusing in on verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. Thinking about the fact that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that healed his wounds, the same power that brought life and blood back into his veins and made his heart beat again, is the same power that is at work in believers. It's the same power that's at work in ordinary people who profess Jesus as Lord. But I think that's a great way to start the conversation because that is the framework of what post-resurrection means for believers. We have the Spirit of God. And again, it's the same Spirit of God that raised Jesus bodily from the grave. And so we do not have... Um, a weak power at work in us. We have a power that goes beyond any power in the world. Um, it's the power of the Most High God. And at work in us, helping us uh, to fight sin, helping us to walk in righteousness, helping us to love God and love neighbor as we walk about this world and seek first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. 
Um, so I think that's a good way to start. Steve, you have any thoughts on that passage? And um, I think something that I've been thinking about is how does it change our, our current perspective of life? Because I think in a lot of ways we have a, and we've talked a lot about this, the distractions. As a matter of fact, today in here, I hear the road, I hear music, I hear people talking, um, which is just everyday life. But there are a lot of other distractions that keep us from, I think, living in the kingdom right here, right now. Uh, and one being is of the flesh. Like, obviously, we have worldly things we need to consider as we're living life. Uh, we have homes that we need to take care of. We have relationships that need to be done, uh, taken care of. We have jobs. We have things that break down. We own cars, all this stuff, which is needful. Um, but I think sometimes we miss the fact that as resurrected people, people have been given the spirit of, the, of God uh, that have uh, been given a new life miss that there's something even greater to live for um and that these and we've talked a lot, a lot about this as well as i'm thinking about it like god gifting us all these things uh for us to for us to steward them well is for his glory and others good um and having an eternal focus on why god has even given us these relationships or cars or houses or jobs because uh, i've been thinking about how does the kingdom change how i perceive um, where I live, work, and play. Like, how does it impact that? So how does the resurrection impact mm -hmm. my life? Like, in what way does it affect how I view others? How does it change how I interact with people? How does it change my mission uh, with work and with those relationships? Um, so that, just a couple quick thoughts. I, I want to expand a little more on those in just a minute. But is there anything else that you had, I guess, in those? I probably took us on a little curve off your road a little bit, but... Uh, any other thoughts that you had in that scripture or any other passages? No, I think that's great. Um, I think that that's the, again, the framework for our understanding of the resurrection is that we now have the same power at work in us that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And so we're now asking the question, what does that mean for my ordinary life on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning, or an afternoon where I'm at work in a meeting I don't want to be in or my car breaks down or I got to get my oil changed or the furnace stops working or, you know, all these things that happen in normal daily life. How can we live in the power of the resurrection in those moments? Yeah. And I think, um, we talked about this Sunday as well, like suffering. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the resurrection came on the other side of suffering. And sometimes we see the, the furnace breaking down as a point of suffering and God's going, yeah, but the service tech I'm sending to you needs a word of encouragement. Or needs sure. needs like the kingdom implanted in them in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, we what we see is a is an obstacle to easier life. God sometimes is using as an on ramp for somebody else's life to make an impact with the kingdom. And I struggle with that. Like as mm -hmm. things go sideways in the flesh and within this world, as as bad things happen, I naturally my natural fleshly inclination is to go into what I call Eeyore mode. Woe is me! Like mm -hmm. this stinks for me, and it does. It's not fun when things break down. And you only have so much financial, uh, so much money in the bank to pay for or whatever. And so we go into um, rescue mode, you know, or reaction mode instead of uh, considering like what is it that the Lord is doing here? Like what, as a resurrected individual, somebody has been born again, given new life. Uh, what it, what is actually at work and play in this moment? Like how, in spite of the suffering, in spite of the uh, circumstances that are hard, what has God up to? And I, I don't think that's not naturally my first like response, like God, how are you going to use this for your glory? Now there's good. Unfortunately, sometimes for me, at least it comes down second, third, fourth, fifth, 
And it usually comes down to, oh, crud, this is going to cost this amount of money or this is going to impact my day this way. Or I had plans and now my plans are interrupted and God's going, yep, for my glory and others good. So uh, live in that moment and that tension at times as well. So, yeah. Did you have another scripture or other thoughts even pertaining to that, I guess? Yeah, I guess just to add on what you're saying, um, I think... Whether we're asking the question of what does it look like to live in the power of the resurrection or what does it look like to seek the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play, you kind of just gave us a picture of your internal dialogue. You know, the furnace breaks down, and there's the temptation to think, woe is me, this is frustrating. And, of course, it is frustrating. It's frustrating when things like that break. However, the like you said, the person coming out to work on it, um, what if they need to hear the gospel from you? What if God is... Uh, sending them to your house, you know, and I think we have to ask first the question, what's louder, my frustration or the call I feel to mm-hmm. love God, and love neighbor. Mm-hmm. And also, again, whether we're asking to seek first the kingdom where we work, live and play to live in the power of the resurrection. Really, the answer, I think, to all of that is found in math or sorry, Luke nine twenty three, And Jesus said, and he said to all. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. We're really asking the question of, we're really answering the question with, it's all found in a bunch of decisions every day to lay your life down to lay down your desires, to lay down your frustration over this thing that broke and to pick up your cross and to wield the gospel to share it with somebody. Um, And and the beautiful thing is because of Jesus's death and resurrection, um, every time that we die to ourselves, uh, whether it be in a moment like we just described or we're in a conversation with our spouse and we want to bring something up or we want to take the conversation a certain way to prove a point but we know the most loving thing to do is not do that and to build them up and to honor them in that moment when we choose to die to ourselves because of the resurrection of Jesus we know that on the other side of a thousand deaths to ourself is new life and resurrection and it's through those daily ordinary decisions to love God and love neighbor instead of yourself, that God furthers his kingdom in you and through you. And it's how we grow and it's how we're formed and it's not pretty, it's hard and difficult, but mm-hmm. the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. So when we continue to form those habits, we grow and we're formed in the likeness of Christ. Yeah, and there's a great hope in that, I think, because uh, I think the world uh, magnifies the ability for us to do it in our own strength and to have hope in our own flesh. And I've found that um, no matter how hard I try, and it, it's woefully short mm. of, um, of like truly living. Um, we talked about this before, and I didn't plan on going here on the podcast, but speaking of resurrected life and um, 
and we talked a little bit about this in Sunday school, maybe a couple weeks ago, but um, discussing that our, as distracted individuals, like trying to make the metaverse and all these other universes almost where we can kind of control every single aspect and be something that we actually aren't and pretend to be something. I mean, I can remember back, this is going to really date me, but probably like 1998 or whenever the first Sims game came out, it was a big hit. I was two years old. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> two years old. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on, right? Um <laughs> That that game was popular because you could create your own environment, and of course mm-hmm. the Sims games are still out, and, and it's expanded to 3D and interactive with other people. It's just crazy what's happened. Uh, but the problem is like people are like living in that now. Like that's the world they want to live in, one that they've created. Um, and we've been talking more about the fact that as God, like we're grounded as individuals when we believe in the creator and the creator that has redeemed us, and then gives us mission, like a true mission in life, not just to like pretend like things aren't or are happening, but actually interacting with the life that we find ourselves in. Um, and I think that death to self and a life alive in Christ um, and having that relationship with the creator uh, that God has wanted with us and obviously bridged it with Jesus and then resurrected us or made us born again um, gives us a perspective that goes beyond all the things that this world is kind of chasing after. It's so temporal. And um, in a lot of ways, we made a lot of gods in our own image mm-hmm. uh, because we're trying to create our own creation and we're trying to redeem creation by creating new things. And mm-hmm. and as part of that's a gift from God. Like creation's a gift. Like people that have the ability to have arts and crafts and or to build certain things that we use every day is a gift from God, I think. But to get lost in it mm-hmm. and to try to control creation in such a way that pleases us versus like what is God does what pleases God I think we kind of begin to go on a mission that's futile and uh, we can get lost in that mission of self-pleasure or whatever it might be in hopes of uh, finding a a purpose in life and that's part of the conversation I have a lot of times with people I I don't know why I'm here Mm. I could just people say that often or like why is God letting this happen Um, and those are two huge questions that we're not going to tackle in this episode I don't think um but thinking of the fact that God has given us a mission because we're created by him, redeemed by him, and he's uh, left us here for his glory and others good, um, goes way beyond any metaverse you can create. Like, hmm. it, it has true meaning. Um, and so just kind of, I just want to spark some thoughts, I guess, and people just begin to think about what is it we're trying to create. And whereas uh, God's redeeming creation, we have a tendency to want to, create our own thing so that we can control it so sorry and we can we can delete this aspect of the podcast if need be no i don't think so i think it's right on and god's seeking to recreate and redeem and submitting to that work over trying to do it ourselves which is the age-old problem of humanity is it's easier to try to do it ourselves, but in the end, it's not the same result. So I agree. Recreation, redemption, redeeming, that's the work of God through the power of the resurrection, both in Jesus and because of in Jesus and our oneness with him, our union with Christ and our um, the spirit of God indwelling us. It, it's our resurrection as well. Did you have any other scriptures that you wanted to talk about or? Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. 
and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are a few. I think verse 14 relates to what Jesus is calling us to do in Luke 9.23 and picking up our cross daily. Again, the cross is a what we um, fixed our minds and hearts on on Friday. It was a symbol of death and torture, excruciating pain. And Jesus is like, yeah, that following me is like picking that up. Following Jesus is like delaying gratification over and over and over and over again. And f- finding that narrow way, finding the, the, the way that he says is hard, it actually leads to life. And that's why we can say that on the other side of a thousand deaths to ourself, on the other side of surrendering to God and his will and what he calls us to do instead of what we desire to do, is life and his redemption and that recreation that God speaks of through his spirit. So just wanted to share that one as well. The gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. Yeah, it's good. And um, it actually flows right into a couple of scriptures that I had, but I want to kind of maybe close with this scripture and we can have other thoughts um, flow from this uh, on your own, I guess. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, um, the whole the whole passage is really about the resurrection. I don't, I don't have time to read it all. I encourage you to read it on your own. Um, but basically reminding us of the fact that life um, is found through the cross, resurrection, and that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Um, and so we await that final final resurrected body. But in the meantime, we can live in, in the power of the resurrection, just as you mentioned at one point in the podcast. But it, towards the end of here, he gives us, Paul gives us a kind of a, a reminder that as resurrected people, as people that live in the power of the resurrection, uh, through the Spirit of the Lord, uh, he closes out this little section. He says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And this is right after him talking about the resurrection and the power that can be found therein. Um, Like when we die to self and are alive in Christ, it's not done in our own strength. It's done in the strength of the Lord, the power of God. And so Paul's just reminding that, um, like if I have an eternal hope, I don't have to be so scared of what this world has to bring to me or against me. Um, instead I can, I can live in confidence because I have nothing to fear. If death has been conquered, I really have nothing to fear at all. Uh, so therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast, meaning stay on track, like remain concreted in what God has given you. That being the gift of eternal life, uh, be immovable. Same thing. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't stop um, living for God, like love your neighbor, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, <laughs> love love God, love your neighbor, and um, all said and done, then uh, that that give, that brings life's meaning. Like if we are to work for the Lord, uh, do the work of the Lord, uh, that brings true life meaning uh, as we walk alongside one another, and knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain, which I think we we struggle with, like. There's times when I'm just weary, and I and I we use that word a lot. My wife and I do, and um, and I think there's times we just kind of want to give up and just not not want to press on. You know, it's just to, just 
doesn't feel sometimes like things are moving in a direction that's profitable. Uh, but Paul is reminding us, that, like in the power of the Spirit, like we don't know what God's up to, and we're just called to be faithful. Um, and that we're, the promises is that if we remain faithful, God will use it, even though we may not see it this side of heaven. Um, but God, is, I, I just remain steadfast and, and not give up uh, with with where it is that God has placed you who it is God's placed you around, and even in the hardship, knowing that God is using that for his glory and others' good, refining you and maybe giving you an opportunity to love others well uh, as as you kind of navigate those those tough waters at times. Do you have any closing thoughts? Just a, a quick closing thought. Um, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Um, I think we are, as you pointed out, we are prone to become weary or prone to start to think that maybe our labor's in vain, then obviously Paul sees it necessary to encourage the Corinthians and also us being to be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Um, he doesn't neglect the fact that it's difficult. He doesn't neglect the fact that picking up your cross is difficult, or as Jesus said, the way is hard and the gate is narrow. Uh, these things are difficult. Um, I think one of the best things my mentors taught me uh, early on as I was preparing for ministry and just even growing in Christ just early on in my discipleship journey is that when we fight temptation, when we fight struggle, any any battle that we are in, <clears throat> you kind of get into the already and not yet of the kingdom of God in this, but we are fighting a battle that ultimately has already been won in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if we can get that in our minds when we're in the middle of fighting the temptation, I think it makes a world of difference. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't fight for victory. You fight from victory. You're not trying to seize a victory with your own hands and your own grit and your own work because honestly, you won't get it. I won't get it. I won't get that victory if I'm trying to get it on my own. It's a victory that has been won through the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. And that's the victory that we have, a victory that's been given to us. As we, uh, we read the scripture in our gathering yesterday, we closed it out with it, and you uh, preached on it a bit in your sermon too, Philippians 3.10, uh, that I, Paul says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, becoming, uh, suffering with him, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain resurrection from the dead. It's through knowing Jesus and knowing the power of his resurrection and that power at work in our suffering and our eventual resurrection from the dead. We fight from victory. We fight battles that have already been won by Jesus. And it's, uh, can we rest in that? Is I think one of the questions we can ask ourselves and we can, do we find it difficult though? Yeah, I am encouraged by those words and, um, a thought that came to my mind as you're saying those scripture that I go back to frequently um, that from second Timothy one, God has not given us a spirit of fear, hmm. but of power, love and self control um, or sound mind. I think as King James says, um, just echoing that, that we don't have to live in total fear for God is Jesus says I've overcome the world. And so if we live in his spirit, then he's already done it. And so we can live in the, in that power that he is, uh, that he has and is so and yeah from Sunday's sermon I am the resurrection and the life Jesus says mm -hmm. so our hope is in him 
um, to, to obtain those things. So any other closing thoughts? Yeah, just one more closing thought. We just want to say thank you to Nickel and Bean for allowing us to record a podcast here. Uh, the view is nice of a snow on an April morning, mm-hmm. but it is warm. The coffee is good. And again, if you are around or in town and need a cup, highly recommend Nickel and Bean. All right, then. We will close with that. We are not sponsored by them, but we do endorse them. Yes, so. indeed. All right. <laughs> we pray that you guys have a blessed week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us, as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings. Blessings.